Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the creep dive. Yep. Oh my god. Creep of the week. So many. Wait now. Sorry. Hold on. Sorry. Intros. Up top, down bottom, whatever. But there's loads before we get into it. I'm an infected Cassie Delaney. Oh this no. is voice talent Sophie White. Hey. And the one with the deep voice, Jen <laughs> O'Dwyer. O-D-W-Y-E-R. That is a nasal voice. Yeah, no, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm really sick, actually. I'm on antibiotics for the next 10 days. Wah, wah, I'm kind wah, of a little wah. high as well because I'm on a really strong dosage. But I really wanted to come and record the creep dive. Do you know what I've just realized? You're on the long story. Oh, so annoying. This is going to be the so fans down. Is it? This Some voice. people might be into it. Some, You're making me feel like people. I need to clear my nose. I, I want tell you to what, come you over and start. suck this knot out. Oh, gross. With your mouth? With my mouth. You know the way Absolutely you do with Absolutely slits. not into it. You can get a bulb. You know the rubber <laughs> chicken. Ba- we'll they do don't the, work. Um, right. Here's the plan for this evening. Okay. We're going to do the housekeeping up top. Ugh. We're going to do our review of the week for the tote. We are going to encourage people to subscribe to our Patreon and follow us at The Creep Dive. That's done. That's a box ticked. <laughs> and then you two can tell your stories and we'll see how my energy level is because I've got nine pages, fun size 10, single spaced. Okay, though, can I just stop you right there? <laughs> yeah. Because. How could you take any of that in? I'm not sure. All I, I heard was this. All right. Voice guys, talent. You are missing, though, from our last two pods. Yes, I know. That's so why I, think... I didn't want to let the fans down. I actually just wanted to claw my way back into people's hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. I've been written out of this podcast. <laughs> um, so I did put together a long story 
not anticipating that I would sound like this. <laughs> and actually, I'm wearing the headphones. It sounds a hell of a lot worse than a microphone recorded. <laughs> she can confirm. Yes. I'm enjoying it now. I'm getting ASMR off it. It's, cool. it's kind of like Phoebe's sexy voice, but not sexy. Someone was giving a shit about uh, begging for money. So we got a funny review. Yeah, a very funny review. Um, will we do the review? Is this week? our review of the week? Uh, I think it kind of has, has to be, be yeah. doesn't it? Are we, what, like, are we gifting this? Okay, yeah, I haven't heard it. What is it? Yes, this person needs a tote to carry around all the dictionaries <laughs> that they clearly... Anyway, okay. <laughs> just to carry around all of their opinions. No, we no, it's good. Some, it's a positive review. Thank you for leaving. We got, it. Well, we got some really good reviews this week, right? So maybe we'll do, I think we'll do an honorary, um, an honorary. Uh, <laughs> like an honorary mention. Yeah. Where is it? Can I ask a question? Uh, People yes. were talking to me <laughs> about the ch- tumor chicken thing. I don't remember saying that. Did no, we you were about talking about something and I said, is it this, you, you started a story about chicken and oh. I said, is it where they bite into oh, yeah. a chicken? Sorry, yeah. sorry, people don't want to hear it again, I'm sure. Especially, <laughs> no, no, please tell us in your voice. <laughs> so there's these rumours that if you go to KFC or McDonald's, there used to be these urban legends that people were bite into a chicken and mayonnaise would come out and be like oh, I didn't order mayonnaise in my chicken thing it was actually that the chicken had a tumour and they bit into it, oh, and it Jesus. but it's I, totally fictitious I'm okay. sure I, that's making me feel sick and that the takes something voice. I think it's the delivery yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay honorary tote receiver to Dean DeBurka who said shocking wait a minute stop right there could that be Laura DeBurka's relative no that's DeBarra oh Okay. Um, by honorary, do you mean that you're just reading it, but you're not going to send this person a tote? No, I'm going to give this person a tote, but this isn't. There was some extra nice things because this review was kind of nice but offensive. Okay, let's go. Come on. Shocking and gas funny. Five stars though. Appreciate that. Boom. Um, this is deadly. Even if I've heard the story before, there is more detail on. TCD like are we officially known as TCD on yeah. the internet that's cool fucking forget Trinity College Dublin that's what I thought <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one with the deep voice is hilarious they can talk over each other a bit but sometimes when they do they're only asking questions I'm thinking also saw a pic of two of them and they're a bit older than they sound long and short <laughs> apart from keep asking for the money it's for a coffee it's brilliant <laughs> so, are you long and I'm short well, I just, it's a, he said long and short, long and short. Oh, maybe he meant the long and the, the, short, long and the of short of it is. Oh, yeah. They never just shut the up begging. with the begging. So you've got a deep voice. We look significantly older than we sound. <laughs> and they don't want to give us money, but they enjoy the content. Do you, it's a fucking pleasure delivering your content. And we are going to give and you, you a, tote a tote for all of those opinions. The tote S with the most S. That's enough now. We should tell the creepy stories. But no, hold on. The actual <laughs> review of the week. Because people are entering this to win their totes. We already just gave a fucking tote away. Yeah, but that We're was We're not made of one. totes. <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm giving JD Be Good a tote as You're well. paying for it. I fucking am. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm giving JD Be Good a tote. She left a really lovely, nice, long review about how she couldn't commit to a podcast or men or donuts until she found us. <laughs> And the creep dive, she has been hooked since the beginning. 
and she thanks us for helping her overcome her commitment issues. So you can commit to a tote. Yay! Yay! Stuff so your issues in that and take it on the bus. Two tote winners there and please continue. There was loads of really nice reviews and if they continue... Oh yeah, so way. DM your addresses uh, DeBurka and Jamie Be Good at the creep dive on Instagram and we will post you out your tote the totes have been designed they are appropriately creepy we all signed off on the design I implemented I implemented some of the feedback oh did you did you yes, my I one did. yes oh thank you so um, we are oh it's actually good it's great it's Cassie. great it looks great really design. Yeah, yeah. so uh, will enjoy they'll it. be out very very soon okay and now story time right now um, you've got a very long one I have a kind of a good uh, have you done creep of the week oh shit it's the it's that nurse that man nurse that killed everybody (laughs) no that's great that's a bigger offence than even creep of the week warrants okay maybe it is maybe it is there was quite a few creeps this week there is loads of creeps I can't believe you don't just hang on I've got to get it up you tell me about your creep of the week and I'll just do it my creep of the week is Robbie Tripp who um, featured heavily in this New York Times piece um, called The Age of the Internet Wife Guy. He's not just a husband. The wife guy married a woman and now that is his personality, perhaps even his job. Did anyone oh, read yeah. this piece? No. The guys on, uh, the girl, uh, the Hilo did it. It's so weird. Did they? Yeah. It's so fucking weird. The Hilo is weird. The, the, it's the, weird that you persist in listening to it. I can't stop. <laughs> so this piece is about Amanda Hess. And so she wrote, it's kind of started off as she was writing about that guy who, um, do you remember a couple of years ago, he wrote a post on Instagram that went viral for all the like, right reasons initially and then for all the wrong reasons oh is this the guy After who people like fancied his wife yes. because she's plus size oh I love this oh, woman and her curvy dick. body and then he yeah yeah it's okay to dick. fancy larger women oh my god yes very stance. very insulting this gorgeous girl I'm married fills out every inch of her jeans and is still the most beautiful one in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Robbie Tripp, you fucking knob. Give us a, a look at Robbie. Can I Let's give have you a, look. a little listen to his uh, new uh, career? It's the song. Is a novelty rapper. All right. So he's released a song. It's called Chubby Sexy. Curves are the new high fashion. Jesus. Chubby is the new sexy. This is quotes. We out here... Is that his wife in the video? Yeah, yeah. Jesus God. Um, Imagine releasing a song about the physical appearance of your significant other. Well, it's suggesting that she's gross and I'm amazing to love this monster. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, like it's, it's just creepy. It's just fucking odd, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did he not take in any of the criticism he received after that post? I'm sure he lost fucking sleep. How many views is like? It's annoying because it's a really fun, cool video, except for fucking Robbie Tripp. Do you know what I mean? Like, they all are. They're basically just dancing in a villa. They, you know, 
it's it's cool, but like No, just, it's not cool. It's, it's so just, uncool. It's No, just, he's just so he's uncool. He's the worst. I just don't get him. I'm like, Robbie. Put it away. Come on. Put it away. Imagine 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 your other half suggesting. Like, imagine going I'm gonna along demonstrate with it. my wokeness. By how I love you or what? I don't, I just don't get it. You know? Now, I'm stuck on this nurse from hell. Mm. It's suspected the final death toll would be more than 200. What? I mean, that is... That's got to be one of the worst serial uh, killers in the world. Yes. I mean, that is incredible. So the murder spree of patients aged between 34 and 96, I'm presuming that there was a heavy weight in very elderly people because of, yeah. I'm sure that, you know, just the, people who would be in hospital. Exactly. Yeah. And, you mm. know, there may not be this additional question. How did you how get away died. with killing 200 people? They must have been really sick. Like me. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was driven. Yeah, it's I'm just going to scan this. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, imagine even just the volume of families. Oh, God. It's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, that's my creep of the week. And also that guy with the uh, lovely bottomed wife. <laughs> whose name we don't know. Her bottom is really lovely. But also, just love your other half for who they are. Oh. And don't, don't post Facebook posts about people's appearance. Yeah. Just don't do that. And then don't release music about it. Yeah, but that's <laughs> a good idea. How about we just don't kill sick people also? <laughs> Can we focus on the main bad man in this story? <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> Most prolific serial killer overshadowed by irritating man on Instagram. White man. Um, okay. What okay. have we got this week? Who's up? Who's up? Um, I have a mini. Oh. I'm going to go last All because right. I'm going to keep an eye on the time and we might split this into a two-parter. That, that pisses people off, Cassie. Does it? Yeah. I don't know if it does. Who cares? Uh, I'm thinking, oh, we have a new idea. Oh, are we teeing this up now? Wait, yes. Oh, we just said we'd oh, do sorry. it now. Okay, fine. I thought we were doing the bottom stuff up top. We did and then we were getting into the creep of the week and then we have a new idea exclusive to patrons but of benefit to everybody who listens. It's Sophie's idea so voice had Sophie White you can take it away. Oh okay I was not ready. Um, so we are starting a new fun monthly series called Creep Dine With Me. So, Creep Dime With Me is open to all our lovely patrons. Patrons? Patrons. So, we want one of you to creep dine with us and come in and tell us a creep dive story. Yes, on a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday evenings, we record in the studio in town. We usually eat some food and we will buy you dinner. We will be, buy you some dinner. It's going to be low quality. I mean, it's whatever you want on Delivero to a value of 12 euro. <laughs> <laughs> We're very near the Bernard Shaw Big Blue Bus Pizza, though. Not Spawn. Uh, could be Spawn, though, if anyone's listening from the Bernard Shaw. What do they do? What, how do okay, they so do? Okay, so how we are going to post now, later tonight on our Patreon, um, what a call to action for the first Creep Dine With Me. So we want you guys to post underneath with your 
clickbait headline and we will pick our fave clickbait headline. Related to the creep that they're going to tell or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You tell us, you tell us your BuzzFeed headline. We'll pick a creep. We'll invite you into the studio. You can come and have dinner with us. You can come. We can talk over you for an hour and you can go home delighted. You'll you'll appear on the podcast. Yes, everybody will listen. We will record it. It We will release it to whatever. It's creep down with me. Da, 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 da. And then we'll rate you. In the back of the taxi on the way home. Is that, that what that's that show? Isn't so it? Yeah. everyone should go and practice their harmonies because we will put of the course. details up later. Okay. Creep dine with me. So are we creep now allowed dine, to creep start? Dine. That was like a 45 minute intro. I'm just really pushing off telling this story. If you're still with us. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear something I learned this week? Yes. Um, apparently... Back in the days of exploration, many travellers would simply draw what they found or saw uh, since the means to study, photograph, explore didn't exist yet. And this is where many of our deep sea monsters come from. Because as it turns out, many of these drawings may have depicted large tentacles, alien-esque appendages emerging from the water, giving belief to something larger, more sinister lurking beneath. However, in many cases... This was just dicks from whales. <laughs> Seriously. So whales often mate in threes. I think we talked about this a while ago. Mm. Uh, so while one male was busy with the female, the other male just pops his dick out of the water while swimming around waiting for his turn. <laughs> there, just waving to passing travellers. You now know, and I'll just share this small image of a whale's dick with my two other creeps. So you can see where this idea of this underwater kind of monster tentacle oh my thing oh might my God. come from. That's the Loch Ness monster. What am I looking at? It's, that's the dick of a whale, Sophie. It's so cool. Really? It yeah. looks like an enormous tongue. It's a tentacle. It looks, it looks like enormous. a two-flapped tongue or something. So what we're looking at there is a waiting in the wings. Just horny whale. Yeah, flapping his dick around. Hmm. It'd be like the equivalent if you were in a threesome, right? And you're in the bedroom and the the blinds were, uh, the curtains were closed and the other guy's waiting for his turn. But instead of sort of standing there watching or some shit, he just waves his willy out of the curtain gap. inserts his penis out of the window and waves it past his body. Just between the two curtains. Oh, yeah. He would just sort of put it there and sort of wait. Well, you know, they, they like to put them between things. Yes. And if there isn't a fridge door going... A loosely hung pair of curtains. I mean, (laughs) better than nothing. It's kind of tantalising, tentacle erotica. Uh, So that's my one. Uh, I have a Twitter feed that I want to read. (gasps) You probably possibly read it already. It was very... Share a curtain rail. No. Okay. Oh, wait. I have another one. Another guess. Uh, Well, don't wreck it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. The one I haven't read it, oh, guys. Great. No whispering. No okay. whispering. Well, Sophie has time. has read it. Uh, brilliant. So, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear that next? Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I've given you a whale dick, and I'm about to give you something even better. This is like show and tell, Jen. Um, you just wait there. You just wait there. Wave your Mickey out those blinds, and I'll be right <laughs> with you. I'm just nearly there. So, uh, <laughs> here we are now. I'm just scrolling up. <laughs> Okay, bring the Mickey in. We're back in the room. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, so this is a Twitter feed from Sixth Form Poet. Who has a book? Who has a book? Thanks. Like I should have, I don't. Anyway, I just, it, it, it just happened. 
in my like it just came I saw it on the internet anyway somebody else emailed it into the DMs and I can't remember their name either okay but great thanks let's for that. keep going so uh, one here's the first tweet uh, my dad died <laughs> Cassie's gone it's fine gets better Line it up to be a funny story and it open is. with my dad's he, death. Wait, no, I didn't line nothing. This is somebody else. Classic start to a funny story, he acknowledges. Uh, he was buried in a small village in Sussex. I was really close to my dad, so I visited uh, the grave a lot and still do. So he said, don't worry, it gets funnier. Uh, I always took flowers and my mum visited a lot and she always took flowers and my grandparents were still alive then and they took flowers. My dad's gra- grave frequently resembled a solid third place at Chelsea Flower Show. Nice. Um, but I felt bad for the guy buried next door. He never had flowers. He died on Christmas Day, age 37. No one left him flowers. And now there's a pop-up florist in the grave next door. So I started buying him flowers. I started buying flowers for a deceased man I never met. So he did this for quite some time, but he never mentioned it to anyone. He said it was a little private joke to myself. Strange turn of phrase, like, anyway. uh, (laughs) He was making the world a better place, one small bunch of flowers at a time. I know it sounds weird, but I came to think of him as a friend. Uh, So I wondered... This is what he says. I wondered if there was a hidden connection between us. Something secretly drawing me to him. Maybe we went to the same school. Played for the same football club or whatever. So I googled his name. And ten seconds later I found him. His wife didn't leave his flowers. Because he'd murdered her on Christmas Day. (laughs) After he murdered his wife. He murdered her parents too. And after that, he jumped in front of a train, the only one going through Balcombe Tunnel on that Christmas night. Fucking asshole. That was why nobody ever left him flowers. No one except me, of course. I left him flowers. I left him flowers every couple of weeks. Every couple of weeks for two and a half years. (laughs) I felt terrible for his wife and her parents. And now I wasn't going to leave them flowers every couple of weeks uh, for two and a half years. But I did feel like I owed them some sort of apology. I found out where they were buried, bought flowers and drove to the the cemetery. As I was standing at their graves, mumbling apologies, a woman appeared behind me. She wanted to know who I was and why I was leaving flowers for her aunt and her grandparents. Awkward. (gasps) I explained And she said, "Okay, that's weird, (laughs) but sweet. Uh, I said, thanks. Yes, it's a bit weird. And oh, God, I asked her out for a drink. Incredibly, she said yes. Uh, Two years later, she said yes again when I asked her to marry me because that is how I met my wife. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? That's a really good twist. There you go. It was really annoying me. Lots of commenters were like, not true. Well, I did do a bit. A I was few like Harrisons. They're like not possible. I went to find to see if there was evidence. Mm. Yes, but I could not <laughs> find any. I choose that doesn't mean to absolutely believe it. Great Choosing story. Great story. It. Yeah. My clickbait headline is, and that is why 
you should never, ever let Granny do the Ouija board. Oh. Yes. Do you know this story? No, it sounds brilliant. I felt that this would be a particular fave of Cassie's. Okay, go. Let's go. Okay. I mean, these things creep me the I know. fuck out. Like, but you I fucking hate this it. shit. Me and you did a fair amount of Ouija boarding oh, in our teens. Massive. I wouldn't let you guys in here if I knew you were guys into Ouija, Ouija boards. <laughs> They're what? so dangerous. You so don't welcome. You that's don't like welcome. suggesting Monopoly. Is it dangerous? Okay, no, because Monopoly doesn't invite the spirits to come play with you. I don't know. It's not like what you want to be, evil spirit, the car or the little thumb thing. I'm amazed by this. I oh, think we yeah, should do an episode of Ouija board creep No, no I no, actually... No, 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 no. I no. knew she'd object to that, but genuinely there's enough there Cassie, for a full you episode. Cannot no, series. I'll give you the microphones. You can go off to one of your nice little houses in the suburbs and you can do your fucking Ouija board over there, What's but you're not, coming into, my stu- you're not coming like into my studio with spirits. Your city gaff has that whole Yeah, but it's just attic. a nice little ghost that lives there. <laughs> I am not inviting evil spirits into my life. I Absolutely don't know. Why not. does it have to be evil? Now, when has a Ouija board story ever ended well? Everyone always talks about this bad shit all the time. Yeah, but loads I'm of people sure. have probably met their other halves. Ouija mates. Ouija mates. Yeah. You don't be going to be pen pals with someone in a different dimension. I'm quite happy not inviting that into my <laughs> life. No, thank you. No Ouija boards. <sighs> Oh, the Ouija board always gave me such heebie-jeebies because it was the one thing. My mom is not religious in the slightest or remotely spiritual in any way. Like she's vehemently opposed to all of those things. But when I was younger, it was the one thing she was like, never, ever. And I was like, smoke. (laughs) She was like, do a Ouija board. Come on. Or smoke. She hates smoking as well. This is crazy. But she was like, if anybody ever tells you, oh, let's do a Ouija board. Oh, it'll be fun. You are not to do it. So immediately I was like, do what's a Ouija, a Ouija board? board? I need to find out what a Ouija board is. I had never even crossed paths with one yet. And she had put it in front of me, dangling it like this little exciting carrot. The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of The Exorcist. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, but I was younger. I didn't watch The Exorcist until I was about 15 Me or neither, 16. actually. Uh, but I did my first Ouija board when I was in primary school. I know. I was there. Yeah. Where was house? I? Primary yes. Primary school. Well. Sophie was a dark child. <laughs> like you were used to, we used to, in the primary school, we all sit around. and remember making daisy chains while Sophie would tell us a ghost story. You, I've heard about your ghost stories. Oh, yeah. They're, they're legendary. And uh, so that was primary school. So we were like eight, maybe. Eight, nine. It was basically an early iteration of the group Yeah, I don't think I was with you in Remy's house, but I I remember, anyway. I know I've made a lot of them. Yes. Because in America, I think you can buy them. But I don't think I've ever... it's a brand. I've never seen... Exactly, it's a brand name. That's what I found out when I was doing this story. So it's actually, they're really called talking boards. Okay. And Ouija is like Pampers or like Colgate. It's a brand great for them for getting so popular in the States where they belong. In the states that they belong. But if you want to make a homemade Ouija board, it's very simple. It's two. Okay. I actually have one me, like, no, right them. here. My, no. It's now a bad time to <laughs> take out the Ouija board. you want to pop out the Ouija board Anyway, um, so this story happened in Oklahoma in the early 2000s in a town called Minko. Nice. Very small town. 1,500 people in this town. Mm. Very, very small town, very quiet. And there's so, um, Carol Ann L. Vacker is her name. 
Like, where does everyone work in a town that small? Um, does everybody just work in, in the, the local spa? mannequin factory? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I don't know. I made that up. Oh. Sorry, her name's Carol Sue, not Caroline. Carol Sue Elvaker. She's 53 years old. Totally unassuming mother mm-hmm. to her daughter, Tammy Sue. Yeah. Oh, so many names. Of so many repeated names just different kind of yeah and um she lived where so she was staying with her daughter and her son-in-law brian mm-hmm. roach and her daughter's two um two little girls her granddaughters who were 10 and 15 and they were just staying in the family home and the uh the son-in-law was actually a former mayor of um minko minko oklahoma hmm. he was mayor ran for mayor when he was 18 Mm. Very enterprising kind of guy, Brian. And like, he how many people are running his, against him? Well, in Minko, town of fifteen hundred, he won his place in office by eight votes. Wow, it's mad, isn't it? And he was an eighteen-year-old mayor. Mm. Cool. And so he basically did like a years-long term, and then he became a police officer. But by two thousand and one, he was working at, as a trucker. Um, that's a bit of a and he was living shift, with his, isn't it? New wife, Tammy Sue Roach, and her two daughters from a previous relationship, his stepdaughters. And um, so one night, just as you do, Carol Sue, Tammy Sue, and the two girls took out the Ouija board. Sure, why wouldn't you? Tammy Sue, why don't you get out the Ouija board? Hmm? Well, Brian's just taking a nap. Where's Brian? He's just having a nap. He's asleep. So they started to play the Ouija board and um, Carol Sue took a bit of a turn. This now is a granny in her 50s Mm -hmm. and um, she basically announced that um, the Ouija board had just told her that Brian Roach needed to die. Oh my God. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So (laughs) Carol Sue, she went on up there and she fucking stabbed Brian oh. Roach. Well, that went from zero to 90 in a bit. Like, Jesus. They showed an escalation. They showed fucking brought out Sunday the night in the family home because that's what this was. It was what just a is fucking Sunday night. with Monopoly or Cluedo if you want a bit of a turn? And she on, sat beside turn, took a turn. her granny, son-in-law. Granny took a turn. Granny took a and turn. And did Tammy Sue just watch on? No. So what happened was she stabbed Brian, Carol, Carol Sue, and she sat down and she watched Brian bleeding in the bed with one stab wound to the chest, mm-hmm. not immediately fatal. And panic ensued, but a strange kind of panic where people were making very strange decisions. Tammy Sue, <laughs> her 33-year-old daughter, 34, our age, like, not yours, Kathy, yeah. um, took the knife Away from Carol Sue. So sorry, she had taken the knife back out. Okay. Okay. And was still holding it while watching him bleed out. Uh huh. Was she in a sort of trance? Is there suggesting? She just kept saying that he was evil, and the Ouija board said he had to die. Do you know? I feel like there's probably a bit of a lead up to this, and this is a bit convenient. Genuinely, no. Relatives, there probably wasn't. Relatives and family and friends have said there has been zero history of mental illness any, with any, Carol Sue or any Any of them. abuse from your man? Any... I mean, like, it just... Out is, of nowhere. 
authorities unaware of any history of domestic strife. I just, it seemed to be completely out of nowhere. So Tammy Sue, in a very strange move, took the knife away from her mother and hid it in the house. And then she just left the house with her mother and her two kids in tow, leaving a crime Ryan scene. Ryan to die. die. Yeah, yeah. But so she she might have thought in that time, like, all right, that's it, he's done for. We've got to get out of here. Yeah. So, so he was just did they do a quick the no effort. Bit of a mistake here when they got into the car. I dunno, did Carol Sue call shotgun or what? But she was fucking driving. So they this let Carol Sue This woman who has just stabbed a man Just stabbed a man Presumably possessed by some demon That she's brought into her life They let her get behind the wheel of a car They said Mama's driving Mama always drives the car Tammy Sue you sit You sit back You sit back front Carol Sue driving okay. I'm all over the states I don't know how they talk in Oklahoma Anyway you're pretty accurate <laughs> So then They Oh Actually, sorry. Also, Granny had had a little bit of a go at the 10-year-old daughter. What do you mean by tried that? Tried to attack her before they left the house. And they still got in the car. And they were like, no, Mama, you come away from her. Again, here's the keys and here's let's get going. And let's get going. So Granny starts fucking absolutely nailing it down. Interstate 44, heading to Tulsa. What immortalized was... in the famous song 24 hours to Tulsa okay one, two, three. But never heard of it what then, was the plan well the plan in Carol Sue's mind was that she was going to crash the car into a road sign and kill them all but she what? didn't kill any of them <laughs> luckily she just broke her own two ankles in, in... the wreck what an unusual way to in? Break your own two ankles. But surely you would th- like. Did she just? I mean, did she? How did she isolate that particular just part the, of her? Just the two ankles to go. Wouldn't you think that's unusual? I mean, there's a fair bit unusual. There's about a this lot story. of unusual things going on here. Yeah. So the others were like a little shaken, thrown, maybe scratches and things like that. Um, they all kind of were staggering from the uh, from the wreck. Not Granny. Not Granny. Granny tried to uh, push. The 15-year-old daughter into oncoming traffic. With two ankles broken. With two ankles broken. They are just standing way too fucking close to that mad bitch. Like, <laughs> she's just stabbed someone and they're cuddling up. As, this is crazy. I really so, hear the deepness in your voice now that it's been alerted to me. <laughs> well, I see the oldness in your face, bitch. <laughs> um, so then, despite her injuries, Granny tries to flee the scene. She takes off all her clothes. Wait now, hang on. Stop. <laughs> you're both your ankles are broken. Yes. So but she's high on adrenaline and possession. <laughs> she's how, off her tits on possession. How would you even begin to take, take a pair of jeans off over fine. two broken ankles? They don't no. swell immediately though. She might she have been wearing something like a house dress. Oklahoma, 50-something year old, middle-aged yeah, woman. She's probably wearing totally the boo-boo. See a it's house not, dress. Grannies don't go knickerless. They're, st- you know, the womb would just... <laughs> I mean what's keeping them up What's they have to keep the organs in I think the, the, womb, the womb has already detached And fled this whole scenario The womb was like fuck all of this Just like the little <laughs> twin guy in the X-Files it, it scuttled away Before she got in the car 
They were like, she's let, they're letting her drive. Fuck this, I'm gone. So Granny is nude. So Granny is nude. Crawling. She jumps over. No, she's not jumping. jumping. She jumped over the highway median barrier and ran into a wooded area north of the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did the other two do? The other three. Three. They <laughs> were found by authorities. Doing what? Um, Standing there. Waiting for instructions from Granny. Uh, (laughs) Did they bring up the whole stabbing of Brian? Yes. So obviously Granny was arrested the next day. They she was recovered fairly quickly. Police found her hiding in the woods. Feral. I mean, Granny had instantly gone quite yeah native to Italy. Yeah. And what was her reasoning? So, um. The next day, Granny was arrested for murder and a few other charges because she obviously attempted to murder both her grandchildren as well and the whole family with the whole uh, plan the car into the side. They um, actually arrested Tammy Sue um, on a complaint of being an accessory to murder. Sure. She kind of was. Because she tried to, yeah, hide the um, weapon and, of course, allowed uh, poor old Brian Roach to bleed to death. And um, also sounds like he's from supplied a getaway car, basically. And so they had to drop. Um, well, they didn't drop the charge. Sorry. She was found not guilty by reason of insanity. What was the Carol Sue? And because they, she had been found not guilty. Then Tammy's charge oh, no. had to be wouldn't hold yeah. up. Oh, phew. I thought she was. I don't know why I give a shit about Tammy. I mean, I was like, personally, no, I'm like, Tammy. Carol Sue is either possessed or insane. What's your excuse, Tommy? I think. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, the OA. Except that obviously she was extremely traumatized. Hear me out. There's this thing called collective psychosis. Were we talking about this? We were before? talking about folly ado. Folly ado. Is yeah. there some suggestion that there might be something like that happened? I. So I tried to find out way more about this. Uh, obviously. They didn't go straight on to Dr. Phil. They didn't go straight on to Dr. That's Phil. That's Jeremy Kyle. That's more his R.I.P. Jeremy. Cancelled. Is he dead? He was cancelled. He's cancelled. Creep of the fucking week. Yeah. Was he the creep of the week? He was creep of the week. week yeah. There isn't much about this anywhere. And um, so I do know that Carol Sue is, it has been institutionalised for the rest of her life. Oh, what about Tammy? But it seems, yeah, I don't know. And it seems like, um, that is an unusual. Like you there know, doesn't seem to be any kind of explanation well, beyond the Ouija board. It's yeah, funny that we even know about still that. Still want to do a Ouija board? Come on, that's everybody clear. has done a Ouija board. No, I have you. never done one. Like I this story will. was so mad, mm. I kind of wondered was it kind of a hoax? Now, so I so the sources and things like that, I've got like a a newspaper from Oklahoma called The Oklahoman. And I was like, <laughs> is this real? Yeah. And like, I was looking on Reddit. There isn't even much on Reddit. And there was one thing that was a link to a video. But when I went to try and watch the video, it had been removed. No. So I was a bit like suspicious. But then on findagrave.com, I found <laughs> poor Brian Heath Roach's obituary. What is what is what's said about stabbed him? Stabbed to death by a crazy Carol Ann post Ouija board. It said died at his home in Minko. It doesn't say 
Well, they barely, but they barely obviously, of they... course, they wouldn't allude to how. But it all, everything else, so he totally matches up in home. terms of dates and must be true. And it's survived by his wife Tammy Sue. Madness. A yeah. No of mention madness. of his mother-in-law. It wasn't oh. her idea to do the Ouija board. Yeah, it was. She said, "Get out the Ouija board." Guys. It was Carol Sue, but they were all doing it. Yeah, but, but like, she, so there seems to be some suggestion that she became completely fixated on the Ouija board, and that she might have been doing it for a few weeks prior to this, and on like, her own. And she was like, "That get in, on in here." Yeah, that like she had locked into some kind of paranoid state about it. But it's or she still, had become possessed, there which you go. is what happens when you do a Ouija board. Fact, ghosts. You know, though, yeah. what does support the demonic possession Evils. thing is. Jumping over a highway meridian barrier with two broken ankles. Nude. Nude. Well, Superhuman demonic power. Well, the, the adrenaline explanation probably is. Stop to trying to explain this away. We all know it's the Ouija board. It's the Ouija board. <laughs> you sound like your face has been possessed. It's the back of your throat there. Have a little Ouija. So that was the... <laughs> Don't let Granny near a Ouija board. Nice. I need. Oh God, I have short and quite. I've got a beautiful visual. Very intense. It really did escalate very quickly. Now, come on. Let's talk escalation. Yeah. Come on. Okay. What are we gonna do? What's your clickbait headline for this? Okay. What's our our time? So we know. All right. We're on forty minutes at the moment. Can you do this in twenty? Can I do it in twenty minutes? You yeah, can do this in 30 absolutely. Because we'll we'll power through a lot of this because you guys probably know the story. Yeah, but the listeners mightn't. Buzzfeed, yeah, but, but, it, but people will because it's really topical. Like a lot of people said this in. Buzzfeed headline is too rich to care. It's Love a sh- it. Come on, we need more. It's basically the story how a very what about two millennial to care two millennial oh, to care good. it all comes down to a lot of dumb people having an awful lot of money and not being suspicious of suspicious activity because <laughs> they're just too rich to give a fuck. Like there's different points in the story where you're gonna be like, and she just owed someone like thirty grand, and they were like, ah, ah, yeah. Whenever you audit her, whenever you have it, it just she's go for it. Okay, <laughs> just revolute it to me. Just <laughs> daily limits 250 euro uh, right there's a lot of characters in this story I'm going to start with with Rachel Della Roach Williams so Rachel Della Roach Williams her career was really taking off in New York she was a picture editor at Vanity Fair and her portfolio shows that she worked with um, Annie Leibovitz she was shooting subjects like Bruce Springsteen, Rihanna and Natalie Portman she really seemed to be on the up with her career right she earned just enough money to rent a studio apartment and to go out every so often with her friends at these kind of like cool bar, diners, nightclub kind of things, right? She was at a place called Happy Ending, a restaurant on Broom Street, where she met Anna Delvey in 2016. Mm-hmm. So Anna Delvey was this German, European socialite with an apparent fortune of 60 million euro and she was in new york she traveled a lot she was in new york she was going to open a new private kind of you know that soho house Mm. in london those Mm. places a private membership bar that would have exclusive restaurants a rotating art gallery pop-ups with all the world's best artists it was going to be a really really cool 
just totally fucking elitist space. So everyone in New York was obviously like, love it, can't wait for it to open. <laughs> so Rachel describes how she became friendly with... Love it. <laughs> They're so congested. <laughs> just bear, bear with, bear with. Okay, bear with. I did want to cancel recording. I haven't spoken out loud to many people over the last couple of I'm days. I'm really loving it. We're making it. you paranoid. You actually yeah, sound you no sound different. totally fine. This is how you sound. I'll wait for fucking <laughs> Dean DeBurka to pop up with his review. <laughs> and easily one had a good story. <laughs> I hope it's a good story. Right. So Rachel describes how she became friendly with Anna. Rachel later wrote a piece for Vanity Fair in which she said, um, the first night Anna came up to them, we talked about how she was introduced to our friend group. She had interned for Purple Magazine in Paris and she had seen her in photos with the magazine's editor-in-chief and they just had similar kind of friendship groups and similar sort of professional circles. It was the quintessential nice-to-meet-you-in-New-York kind of conversation. It was, hello, what do you do? How do you know X? And there you go. All of a sudden, you're in the same kind of circle. You're friends. She describes how for the rest of 2016, she saw Anna every few weeks. Um, as a visiting German citizen, she'd often have to leave. She didn't have full-time residence, so she'd often go back to Germany to work on her visa. So she was coming and going for a couple of months, and she didn't have a permanent residence. She was living at that time in the Standard, which is a really fancy hotel in uh, New York. Um, Anna seemed particularly, like she particularly wanted to become friends with Rachel, possibly because of her work in Vanity Fair. Um, and Anna de- or Rachel describes herself as being flattered. Uh, she often saw Anna on adventure-filled nights out for drinks and dinner, usually with a group of friends, but occasionally just the two of them. Towards the autumn of the same year, so towards the autumn of 2016, Anna had to return to Cologne, where she was um, she was going just to sort out her visa again. So she's gone away then for about six months before she came back. When she came back to New York... Uh, she moved into a up-and-coming boutique hotel in Soho called Eleven Howard. And it was there that she started to amass loads of different friends. And she would often take them out for dinners, you know, just wine and dine them, buy them things. She was described as being, like, incredibly generous. Always paying for things in cash and always paying for, like, extortionately expensive things, right? She'd often take these friends out to dinners with business executives, investors, celebrities, like Macaulay Culkin is at one of these dinners. And she's just... How did she manoeuvre herself into those positions? Right, so she is well-connected, okay? But also, her story is that her... her she's coming from a lot of money. Her, her father's apparently a German business owner who has... Um, who has a solar panel business. So they're just, I don't know, incredibly rich or whatever, right? Um, but it's in this place at 11 Howard where she befriends uh, 25-year-old Nefatari Nef- Davis, who everyone calls Neff. I'm not christening her that for the ease of telling the story. So she's known as Neff to friends. Neff works in the hotel. She's on the front desk. So Anna would often... Neff t- is particularly difficult for you to say tonight. Yeah, <laughs> Um, Anna would often tip Neff with $100 bills and ask her for advice on where to go, where to eat, where to drink, where to hang out. Uh, Neff realised that Anna actually knew all the cool places, but she really felt like Anna was just in need of a friend. And obviously she was tipping her $100 bills all the time. So like she was more than willing to be her friend. Yeah. Um. So she quickly became 
like established herself as one of Eleven Howard's most generous guests. Neff says that people would fight to take her packages upstairs. They would fight to help her out because they knew they were going to get a $100 tip from her. And it was basically there because she was preparing to launch this business. Um, So she told Neff focused, the business was essentially focused on art. It would have locations in LA, London and Hong Kong and Dubai eventually. But her opening one, the first one she wanted was to be in New York, right? So Neff kind of became her secretary, would often organize uh, business lunches and, mid- and meetings and dinners in restaurants like the Seymour and Le Coco, which is a really nice restaurant, but happened to be part of this hotel as mm. well. So it's, a, it's actually, I've heard of the restaurant, I hadn't heard of the hotel before. So according to The Cut, who've done like a really, really good, there's been a couple of really big pieces on Anna Delvey, obviously, on The Cut in The New, the New York, um, The New Yorker and Vanity Fair. And a lot of this is pieced together from all those things because there's so many interesting perspectives from this story, right? Mm. Anyway, Anna and architect Ron Castellano, who was a friend of one of her purple colleagues so purple mm. apparently is this kind of well-known highbrow magazine in paris and from there it seems she has an awful lot of connections with people so they scouted out a building on the lower east side of manhattan but it turned out to be too close to a school for them to get the liquor license so um she moved her kind of ideas to, to uptown and through connections she prevent she pre befriended gabrielle calatrava one of He's a son of the famous architect Santiago. So obviously he added a lot of weight to this project as well. So his family's real estate advisory company helped her secure the lease on a space that was 45,000 square feet, six floors in the historic church missions house, a landmark building in the corner of Park Avenue and 22nd. How much? What the fuck? I don't actually know how much the lease Tons. is going to be, right? Like, oh, millions, right? So the heart of the club will true, be... Was there a deposit, you know? So yeah, this. so they were just like registering, I guess, the interest in her taking over the space. Um, and then there's other people who get involved, okay? Everyone's presuming there's money behind it because of the gr- the weight of the individuals involved. Yeah, and it seemed like she... Yeah, exactly. Like, because of the people backing this. Like, she told people that the um, artist Christo had agreed to wrap the building for, for its opening and that she'd already lined up exhibitions from the likes of um, Damien Hurst, Jeff Koons, uh, Tracy Amin. So, like... Tracy these- Amin? Emin. Emin. <laughs> so these were big names, you know, like it's getting oh, yeah. a lot of interest. And she and people are witnessing her out all the time spending loads of money. So like there's no, there's no red flags here, right? She's also living in this uh eleven Howard Hotel, which Oh like, no, th- nobody would question. Yeah, yeah, right. But there's no sense of her personality. Did you notice that when you were looking through all this stuff? Yeah, she's described as being very average. She's not particularly pretty. Like, she's... As she is. Like, she, I think her looks definitely I don't played think she's a huge pretty at all. I think she's extremely theme. average looking. I know. Is I think it played a part in how this played out. I just think that she was able to inveigle herself into like these kind of elite circles because she was I think the European element had so and the much Euro- to yeah, do with yeah I definitely agree with that too absolutely I think she's very um, like 
Are you looking at photographs of her? She yes, I'm actually on her, her Instagram. So she it's wore her Instagram. her Instagram bio is retired That's intern. That's a very flattering photograph she's taken of herself. <laughs> she wears a lot of um. She wore a lot of designer stuff, and she wore these like thick, lean glasses. So like these like kind of like nerdy looking glasses all the time, but she's got a very like she's sort of plain plain, plain Jade yeah. absolutely like nothing spectacular about her I don't think at all. But a master manipulator, obviously. Yes, but they're so enthralled by her. She's just got this like she's allowing European, them to presume this things kind of like and yeah, and this German accent, and everyone thinks she's just this vague distance is nobody googling her i mean that's but what i don't think do. they'd get anything if they googled her and it, but she's also this is it she's in cohorts of people where you have loads of trust fund kids and they're in one of the pieces i think in the vanity fair piece that rachel um rachel wrote she says you're in circles where you know nothing about people and they're your best friends. Mm. You know that nobody mm. questions it because there's just this, I guess this like social niceness where you don't it's ask people where they're that you're also loaded. It's boring. Absolutely. Let's get on yeah, to the next yeah. thing. So we're also... And also I suppose they're desperate to have kind of a substance themselves because they have been born into this, you know, wealth. Yeah. And they're desperate to prove themselves as kind of being, you know, educated or worldly, like, and, and worth, like, more than just their parents' money or whatever. Exactly. And this Anna Delvey one had, like, the flavor art of, interest and yeah. the flavor of Europe. Mm. Um, and they said... And she had these will. she had these networks, you know. She had she had impressive people. and But, like, the people that she's allowing close to her are the likes of Neff, who works in the hotel, who's mm. presumably on a low enough salary. So she's the, lonely. Mm. Is what that's suggesting. She's, you know, she's befriending the picture editor of Vanity Fair, who's has an exciting career, but isn't earning that much money. Is she not shitting herself during this time? I mean, I don't go, know. Sorry, we're presuming yeah, everyone so knows. Get into the money, yeah. like a okay. little bit, because how is she working it so far? So it's very complicated, right? This is how she sort of positions herself, I suppose, to be safe. So the building, that building's developer was Abby Rosen and he had um he was quite familiar with the private club sort of developments he had bought a midtown building and opened the core club which was also housed in our collection and he also owned 11 Howard the hotel in which she was staying Interesting. so she's a high potential client of his he's interested in leasing the building to her he's going to be a bit lax I guess in Sure, in her staying in the hotel. So despite Anna's purported fortune, the project required additional funding, something in the region of about $25 million. So she apparently was putting $25 million up herself and she considered then taking on a private investor who would give her $25 million. But by the the late autumn of 2016, she had turned against the idea of having a private investor because she didn't want to bring in people she was only 25 at the time and she said if she brought in private investors they would say oh she's 25 she doesn't know what she's doing and she wanted to do this first venture herself so instead she decided that she would try secure a loan and to help her secure a loan one of Anna's financial friends told her to get in touch with in touch with Joel Cohen who he is best known for being the prosecutor of Jordan Belfort Uh the Wolf of Wall Street so Cohen works with Gibson Dunn a large firm known for its real estate practice. And he put her in touch with a man called Andy Lance, who was who a partner in that firm. 
who happened to have the kind of expertise that Anna was looking for. So in the past, she'd complained that she didn't like dealing with older men because they were condescending, but she found Lance to be different. He knows how to talk to women, she said. So she said that Anna and and Lance apparently spoke every day. He was there all the time. He would come answer her calls in the middle of the night and he'd come running to her all the time. So after filling out Gibson Dunn's new client intake form, which included checking boxes to confirm that the client had resources to pay. So massive oversight on Lance's behalf. He just didn't do it. He did. He checked the boxes to he say that she, it without just, checking he said that she had these resources she's he, you know her story was that she Lance. had 60 million in her like swiss bank accounts that was all tied up and that that's why a lot of the stuff she had to pay for was in cash or wire transfers here and there there was also a story that she was to inherit most of her money when she turned 26 um anyway so lance claims that she has the resources to pay so she is now dealing with Gibson Dunn and they're operating on her behalf to kind of access these buildings or whatever and try and access loans so Lance was putting Anna in touch with massive large financial institutions including the LA-based City National Bank and Fortress Fortress Investment Group Um, and he said of Anna she's taking on an under she's undertaking very exciting redevelopment backed by a marquee team for this type of venue and space. Um, she, he explained that she just needs the loan because her personal assets, which are quite substantial, are located outside the US. And um, the, monies would, the money that she could receive in the loan would be fully secured by a letter of credit from the Swiss bank. When the banker at City National asked to see the bank statements, he received a list of figures from a man named Peter Henneke, and he said, please use these for your projections going forward. I'll send the physical statements on Monday. F- Peter Henneke was not a banker. He was apparently the head of the family office. Ah. Okay. So meanwhile, while she's trying to acquire all these loans, she's still whining and dining and impressing her friends. One day she brought Neff to a session with a personal trainer slash life coach that she'd found online and bought a package of sessions and paid for them in cash. It was four and a half grand. Whoa! The trainer became friends with Net, uh, became friends with Anna, taking a kind of motherly interest in her, seeing her really? as just this. Mm. Was it? Mm. <laughs> well, like this trainer apparently deals about with this rich, confused this, child. <laughs> <laughs> but this trainer has like celebrity clients. Presumably, she's charging that much for it. She's not going to need to invest more time in one over another. Like this is her business, and she seems to be fucking pulling it off by the sounds of it, right? So she just believed that Anna was this young 20-something-year-old in need of a lot of guidance and help. So she sort of befriended her. Um, so in April 2017, Neff was downstairs working in 11 Howard when down walks Charlie Rosen, son to Abby Rosen, the developer of the building and the hotel owner. Mm. Neff mentioned that she'd recently been to visit the Park Avenue building and that one of the guests, a young woman, was leasing from their father, was going to be leasing the building from his father for an arts club. He looked confused. He didn't have any knowledge of Anna or the project. What room is she staying in? He asked her. When Neff told him what room she was in, he looked sceptical. If my dad had someone buying a building or leasing a building of property from staying him, would he not have put her up in a deluxe suite or something here? 
And uh, Neff was like, oh yeah, he has a point. So a couple of days later, she brought it up to Anna and she said, if you're buying or leasing property from Abby, why are you not staying in a suite? And Anna looked surprised, but said, if you've ever, you know, he's done so many favors for me, I wanted to pay him back in silence. And the room she was staying in was like $400 a night anyway. So it's not like she was slumming it in this hotel. She just wasn't staying in a suite. I'd buy that. Yeah, of course you would. Totally fine. You're like, I feel oh. like this man's name is A.B. Is it A.B.? Oh, maybe A.B. How, <laughs> how do you spell it? A.B.Y. Uh, I A.B.? Abby? Anyway, go on. Anyway. I'm just distracted because I'm like... We just put Abby? it down to the nasally this. <laughs> so, City... I'm actually doing okay for time here. I think I'm on like page three. <laughs> so, of nine. City National Bank refused Anna the loan um, required to start the business and AB began getting like, impatient. Finally, somebody's doing their job and being like, no, hang on. You can't just have a loan because some guy called Peter emailed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and said that you have 500 grand. She's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Anna's 60 cool. million. Yeah, she's 60 cool. million, yeah. Um, so AB was getting impatient because there was interest in the building from other people. And he was going really concerned with the length of time it was taking Anna to get the cash together. Simultaneously, around the end of April, a manager at Levin Howard pulled Neff to one side and said, because Neff and Anna had become very obviously good friends at this point. They'd gone for dinner quite a lot. Mm. There was one night that um, uh, Neff does describe that they go out for dinner and the bill is like $268. And... Anna's credit cards are declined and she gives the she gives the waiter a list of credit card numbers to use and he goes and there's 12 and they're all declined and she just claims that there's a problem with the fact that all of her accounts are foreign you know so uh Neff had to put <laughs> the so dodgy yeah Neff had to put but Neff put the bill on her card and the next day Anna pays her back with three times the amount of the bill okay right so, mm. so well, it's kind of like for every it's kind of for like how much money has she spent thus far thousands upon thousands right it's like every Actual time there's money. something that's a slight red flag she, comes, she back. comes back with whatever you know something tangible yeah yeah and like if someone's handing you a hundred dollars in cash every time she's tipping you you're like she's, she's obviously grand. fucking loaded like yeah well, what a weird physical, relationship yeah though. you know like there's I mean, physical cash why aren't you tipping me every time we spend time together <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah guys come on um so a manager pulls neff to the side and says that there's an issue with her bill in the hotel they don't have a working credit card on file for her because the hotel had been new when she arrived, because she was staying for such an unusually long amount of time, I think she'd been there for about three months, and because oh, she was a client of Abby's, um, she was a valued guest, it had agreed to accept a wire transfer in terms of payment. Oh, But a month and a half into her stay, there was no transfer. No transfer had arrived. She owed the hotel $30,000, <gasps> including all the charges from Le Coco restaurant that she'd just been putting onto her room. Oh, oh my. my God. Yeah. So Neff wasn't sure what to think. She was sure Anna was good for the money. She'd seen her, spent thousands. She'd been with her. She'd se- she knew that she had Compared access to her. Compared to 60 million, it's... Yeah, she's, she just assumed there was a simple answer, right? So when Anna came by her desk the next day, Neff took her to the side and told her the management had, the management needed her to pay the bill. Anna said there was a wire transfer on the way 
and she said it would arrive soon. A few hours later, Anna came back down to the desk and told Neff to expect a package. When it arrived, she opened to find a case of 1975 Don Perignon and Anna's instructions to distribute amongst the staff. But they were not allowed to accept gifts, especially of the liquid variety. Um, and all things would have to be approved by management. And the management said, how do we look if we accept this gift from her when she hasn't paid her bill? So they went back to her and they said, look, can't accept it. And we're going to have to lock you out if you don't pay the money. <sighs> Ouch. But then Citibank send over a wire transfer on behalf of Miss Anna Delvey for $30,000. Whoa, what? Yeah. Now, not, there's, so there's two banks involved in this. City National Bank. Who refused. And, who refused her the loan. And then Citibank, all one word. Um, Jeez, by the skin of her teeth. How did she get that 30 grand then? So... In May, there's more, there's so many, so many things happen in this story. Like, it's so long. But, right, before we get into how she's actually accessing the money here and there, this other big thing happens. So, May 2017, she needs to leave the country to to refresh her visa again. But instead of going back to Germany, she suggests that she, Neff, Rachel, the trainer, and a friend of Rachel's go on holidays to Marrakesh. Not just any holiday. The holidays were like the Kardashians today, right? Neff, knowing that she wouldn't get the time off work, considers quitting her job. And oh my god! And Anna's like, "Quit your job, I'll pay for you. Whatever, it's grand. You're fine with me." But Neff's mother manages to convince her to stay in work, um, saying that she is very highly suspicious of her very rich <laughs> friend. I'm like looking at her Instagram and seeing if I can see the Marrakesh holiday. Yeah. So instead. <laughs> Anna, Rachel, the trainer, and the friend of Rachel. So it's, he's like a a filmmaker, a, a doc. She basically wants him along to sort of document the trip. Um, they go off. Early on in the trip, the trainer fell ill with food poisoning, and cho- I'm I'm purposely not giving the trainer's name because I don't think she reveals her name in any of the stories. So um, they she falls ill with food poisoning, and she decides that she wants to go back to New York. According to Rachel, they were to stay at Lam, La Mam Unia, a five star. That's probably really well known. I'm so ignorant. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but a five star luxury resort ranked amongst the best in the world. In Rachel's own words, knowing that her selection was cost prohibitive for my budget, she nonchalantly offered to cover my flights, the hotel and expenses expenses. She reserved a seven thousand dollar a night private room. A traditional Moroccan villa with an interior courtyard, three bedrooms and a pool and forwarded me the confirmation email. Due to a seemingly minor um, snag, I put the plane tickets on my American Express card with Anna promising to reimburse me promptly. Since I did this all the time for work, I didn't give it a second thought. So after a few days in the hotel, the, um, the staff began flagging issues. There was no credit card on hold for the room and they were growing impatient. The hotel insisted they just needed a working credit card to have on file and they would not charge it. It was just Uh, one of those like checking and security things, right? So after much pressure, for whatever reason, Anna didn't have a working credit card. Anna claims it's because she didn't tell her banks that she was going abroad. After much pressure, Rachel agrees to use her card, which had a balance of $410 at the time. 
she's assured that she won't it won't be charged a couple of days later they realize that her card has been charged whatever it's on hold and she has no money but she's leaving somehow managed to get back to the hotel she leaves marrakesh a day early the next day before anna and the videographer the trainer has already left when she returned home she received a text from anna promising that she'd forward a wire confirmation as soon as possible and that she would wire her seventy thousand dollars to cover everything of the whole trip right so quickly became apparent that she had not paid and had instructed the hotel to charge everything to rachel's card yeah total bill was like sixty two thousand dollars. oh my god it was more than rachel earned in a year oh my god right back in new york there was still a problem with 11 howard Despite being repeatedly asked by hotel management, she still hadn't given a hotel, the hotel a working credit card and her charges continued to mount. Following through on their warning, hotel employees changed the code in the lock of Anna's room and put her things into storage. Oh, Anna, up, yeah, it all starts to unravel. So Anna moved from a hotel to hotel, quickly entering into the same situation. She'd stay for ages at a time, maybe promise them a wire transfer. She's often... Um, given people receipts of transfers that have been sent obviously photoshopped i don't know where they're coming from but like evidence that a transfer had been made when it hadn't right wherever she's getting that from so she'd rack up bills and be unable to pay them and would get kicked out she turned to the trainer and rachel for support and the trainer did allow her to stay with her the odd time but she was growing more and more suspicious especially having caught up with rachel and having talked to her about what had happened in marrakesh yeah yeah rachel was not being supportive because rachel had, or anna had not fulfilled her promise to repay rachel the money she had at one stage transferred her over five thousand dollars but Nowhere near the $62,000 on the oh, charges. Shit. The I thought you said she transferred 70000 No, she said she was going oh, so to charge she was, to seventy. So in uh, when Rachel, when, when Rachel hell, leaves the like, hotel, Anna says that she's going over to visit Richard Branson, right? Because he's in Marrakesh. <laughs> and that, that's where she's going and that she would then wire her over $70,000. And they're flying back to New York at different, yeah, yeah, different yeah. times. Um. So there's a load that like you should read Rachel's first person essay on Vanity Fair about it. Mm. She kind of explains what happened then that she was chasing around the city. She would go. She went to her hotel room at one stage and it was just absolute filth. There was like paper everywhere. And um, it was just so clear that this girl was completely unraveled. But she was so obsessed with, you know, she always had excuses. And obviously all Rachel wanted was to get the money back off her yeah, and into her Instagram this is her Instagram oh yeah I know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. open yeah and she's it's, got 70,000 followers and it's going back and forth for, from two, uh, 2015 her in New York the Whitney and her yeah, in the hotels yeah. yeah amazing I know there's one there from the standard that's right yeah so um, so none from jail but sadly two hotels the Beacom and the W Hotel actually filed charges then against Anna for the theft of services. There was an incident where Anna attempted to leave the restaurant in the Parker without paying the bill and it made headlines. So 
as it turned out Anna's hotel bills were merely the first loose threads in a web of fraudulent activity when that began to unravel in November 2016 after she submitted documents claiming a net worth of 60 million in Swiss accounts to City National Bank in pursuit of a 22 million dollar loan. The following month she submitted the same documents to Fortress in an attempt to secure a 25 million dollar um to 35 million dollar loan and after the bank asked her for a hundred thousand dollars to perform due diligence she convinced a representative at city national to extend her a line of credit for a hundred thousand dollars which she then wired to fortress <laughs> then apparently spooked by fortress's decision to send representatives to switzerland to personally check her assets she withdrew herself from the process halfway through wiring the remaining fifty five thousand dollars to citibank to the city, a Citibank account that she used for personal expenses. According to then in April, she deposited one hundred and sixty thousand dollars worth of bad checks into the same account and managed to withdraw seventy thousand dollars in cash before the checks oh. were bounced and returned, which what is how is she was this? managing to pay off people all the time. Twenty sixteen. How was bad checks? How is she making that work? I think they're like wire transfers, the right? Brass neck of her. But like, nobody, it's just a lot of like saying of she has money over here yeah. to get money Crying over here. Ah, uh, yeah, but cashing bad checks, like, that's mad. Where is she getting these checks from? Well, she's getting approved for loans. still get paid like, in checks. If the, she has obviously fraudulent documents saying that she's worth this amount of money and she's using them as leverage to get loans or extended lines of credit. She's transferring it from one bank into another bank. She's withdrawing it in cash. If a bank's looking to see a large sum in her bank account and she's borrowed it from another bank and then it's there. But she's also going to banks and then investment groups and she's using her accounts and her lavish spending to bring other people in to add weight to it. Like She doesn't even have enough time to enjoy this money. She's but I don't too, think it's too much I, fucking work. Just yeah, I don't it all think. Around. But I do think that she was genuinely enjoying herself. No, I think she was genuinely trying to start this business. Like, yeah, she's that tapped where she was just using it as a way to. She was presuming she would guess the twenty five million would just happen along the way. I mean, but wh- she could have probably done it with the twenty five million dollar loan. Because when she okay. rejected the investors and she went to just get the loan. Incredible. Surely she could have opened the place for 25 Like million. if she'd used her power for good. Yeah. Well, it sort of was. It's a good story. But if, you know that way? <laughs> like if she had just got, well, if she just got some legitimate investors. Anyway, her name accepted. wasn't even Anna Delvey. Her <laughs> Who name is, is she? Anna Sorokin. She was born in Russia in 1991 and she moved to Germany in 2007 when she was 16 with her younger brother and her parents. Who, after be, who were tracked down to, for interviews, they asked to remain not anonymous because they are concerned that they will be held liable for their daughter's expenses. Yeah. Legitimate concern. Um, yeah, she's from a small working class town, 60 kilometers outside Cologne, um, near the Belgian and Dutch border. Her classmates described her as being quiet. Um, her father had worked as a truck diver and later as an executive at a transport company until it became insolvent in 2013. Um, we don't really know much about her and her actual financial background other than that she did go to college over in... Um, she did go to college in London 
then she dropped out, returned to Berlin, and then she interned in the fashion department of a public relations company before moving to Paris, where she did land the internship at Purple. Um, and her parents supported her quite a bit financially when she was living abroad, and she, she basically said, it's an investment in my future or whatever. Um, where is she now so she was found guilty so basically the hotels that took action against her then um, Rachel took action against her as well now Rachel had a really hard time she describes yeah, in Jesus, her vanity her therapy ruined for life but yeah. she had a really hard time getting someone to take her seriously because they were just like oh god isn't it terrible that you went to Marrakesh like <laughs> you know it was um, it was difficult she was found guilty. I just want to bring up the um, actual charge. Because obviously the trial was very, um, the trial was funny because there was days she refused to go to court because she didn't like her outfits. She had a court stylist. With what money? Still. Don't know. <laughs> Well, in fairness, like that court stylist probably did it for exposure. Pro bono, yeah, exactly. Pro bono. <laughs> I'll take this on. I want to see court style now. Court looks. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. Yeah, what was her charges? Okay, so she was um, convicted of eight charges relating to a scheme where she tried to get socialites and bankers to give her more than 22 million. Um the she'll serve at least she was sentenced to 12 years in prison but she'll serve at least four um her our eight charges are all related to theft larceny and attempted theft and this larceny. is not the last we've seen of anadel no because she's still really young yeah and she's and there's a book and a movie coming exactly she's yeah. exa- ripe for the yeah but no, she think, can't uh, she she won't be able to profit because like in the states when you're convicted of family you cannot profit from your crimes not the not the crime she's yeah no but she can she not profit from hanging out with rich you know what i mean like being i don't a think consultant she consultant or something i don't yeah. think she could come out and like write like a book her story no i don't know i don't yeah good question but her personality God, she's like a is sphinx fascinating. like there's can no she, personality there. But can she... Yeah, you're right. Or she's, is there? Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm she like, must have a, a single drive. I mean, she's got an interest in art. But it's really hard to kind of penetrate any of this stuff and sort of get a handle on what she must have been like or is like. Do you know what I mean? Well, she must have been sort of... Fu- I mean, to she must have been fun. Good crack. Other than just being super... Or it was just the generosity thing that kept people around. I think it was the generosity thing because she's described as being like quite rude and they put it down to being um, cultural... Just a cultural difference. Like they said... Uh, Neft said that in the cut piece that please and thank you were not part of her vocabulary. Huh. So... Well, I imagine that was part of her kind of she's act. Yeah, part of her sentence she's ordered to pay 198000 dollars over nearly two hundred thousand dollars in restitution and twenty four thousand dollars in fines but like presumably she won't be able to pay that uh in a piece here in the business insider it says delvey showed little remorse during the trial she was more upset over her outfits breaking down in tears and delaying the trial over tantrums because of her clothing jesus amazing Mm -hmm. style challenges yes um, 
She often attended the trial decked out in designer clothes picked out by the stylist Anastasia Walker. There you are now. So there you have it. That is the story. Fascinating. Of the New York socialite who tried to scam people out of 22 million. I think she probably Great story. could, she could have, have nearly have succeeded. Yeah, I think. I she wonder, are there people out there who have spoofed their way to the, t- you know, one whopper lie and then the rest of their life is on that. It's like the fake yeah, it till you living make it off thing. this kind of like f- faulty foundation. Yeah, yeah. That it doesn't even matter that they lied now. <sighs> that they're now floating with the elite, and you know, yeah. then you make it work. But I mean, there. look at the people who've tried to do that. Like, it, if anything, we've learned that if you're not when you're taking on investment, you're taking on a big loan. You have to be completely honest because you're just going to get yourself into like really tricky waters. Mm. Like, look at Brian McFarland. I thought you were going to say Brian McFadden. No. And the just fire take a look at Brian guys. McFadden. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're building, if you're trying to they build something. They should go out, those two. They're, they, they have met. I think she tried to get money out of him, but obviously he didn't have any money. Like, <laughs> it's like, who's, this, who's the bigger scam? Oh, um, imagine if the who's two scamming of them just who? started to like. Scamming each scam other. Yeah. Fuck each other, like. <laughs> Just a real bone dry hump, like exactly. not a bit of, not even yeah. a little dollar. I came. No, I came. We're both coming. Um, <laughs> we're both you, millionaires Cassie. with loads of things. That it was, was great actually. to get Anna done. It's good because it's actually, it's a very pure technical creep. one as well. Like you can so read, much in it. You can read loads into how she actually moved the money around from the banks and what she did and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I wish I could move the urine from my bladder now. I wish I could move the mucus from my face. Don't look at me. I'm... Perfect. perfect can we say thanks for listening thanks for listening thanks for listening thanks for your patronage thank you for that if you feel like doing it do it it's good it yeah. keeps us going keeps us going and, and you can partake in the new creep dine with me yeah imagine imagine that we could launch your creepy career we promise nothing strange will happen to you if you promise you're not don't do anything us. strange to us. And Nobody if you feel it's strange. weird, no if you feel it's weird coming into a room with three strangers on a Thursday, you can bring a friend. You can bring a friend. They can pay for their own delivery. No, joke. <laughs> you can each get a six euro delivery meal. Seriously, I got to piss so hard. Bye. 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 Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 